Hi, friends. Welcome to the Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walk by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. My guest today is Kathy Irwin. Kathy works with my husband, and she is loved by all of her students. She's a wife and a mother, and she is well acquainted with grief. She shares about the tragic loss of several family members, and most recently, the death of her youngest son. Kathy shares how long-lasting the pain can be when we lose people too soon, but also she shares that God is incredibly faithful. So here is my interview with Kathy Irwin. Kathy, thanks so much for joining me tonight. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Stephanie, for thinking my story is worth hearing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. And um, I'm just, you know, so thankful that you've taken the time out of your evening. And um, I'm excited for you to share just all the things that you've been through, but also just for people to see the joy in your life and to see the peace that um, that I've experienced in getting to know you. Yeah. So um, you and I kind of know each other because we you work with my husband. Right. Yeah. I have been working uh, in, what I, in the school for 13 years. Wow. Which was a God thing from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I started with my son, Ben, mm-hmm. uh, part-time just in the workroom. It was the perfect job, and it was part-time, full benefits. Yeah. And it was not a year later when my husband... Uh, was diagnosed, and we were fully covered with insurance, wow. which I had not worked. I'd had little jobs here and there, mm-hmm. um, but that was it was huge <laughs> because wow. he was in the hospital for seven months. So uh, just, and I started in the workroom. Then a year later, my sister-in-law was a teacher, and I had always been interested in uh, the deaf I always wanted to be like an interpreter, but mm-hmm. do not like speaking in front of people or standing in front of people. Yeah. And um, so she had this homebound student. She was the teacher. She was deaf and blind and was hired to do that position mm-hmm. over the phone. Wow. She said it was a little bit of training. Two years of college later, um, I got my certificate, and I was with that student for 11 years. She just aged out uh, COVID year. Wow. And then— Got my new student and am working with him now. So, That's amazing. I, it is amazing. I love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. Oh, sorry. Um, we're going to cut it for a second. If you don't mind, if we could put the paper. The papers make a lot okay, of noise. Okay. You can I'll either put, put them on the desk if that's easier or down there or whatever you need to do. No, I don't even need them. I'm like, really, I'm, I can't even see them. So <laughs> it was just something to hold. Oh, okay. Again, that's that's hold fine. my glasses. <laughs> well, the glasses don't make any noise, okay. so you're good. <clears throat> All right. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, you talked a little bit about your work, but tell me a little bit more about you and what you've been up to lately. I have three children, mm. um, two now, <laughs> uh, four and three-fourths grandchildren who wow. are the light of my life. God mm-hmm. always seems to give me a baby when I need it the most. I work <laughs> at my church in the baby room. This is my 16th year. Oh, my goodness. Um, I have a wonderful church family. I mean, I they have saved my life more than once. <laughs> wow. Um Although lately I have not, I mean, I life just gets so busy. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been going to church for yeah. uh, 20, I think it's 22 years now. Oh, my gosh. And it's just like my second family, mm-hmm. and they are truly wonderful. Work, awesome. I work two jobs. I work at the school, and then I work at an after job with kids. Mm-hmm. I love kids. That's all I ever wanted was yeah. to be married and have kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no I. At one time, I wanted to be a teacher, and my husband and my dad talked me out of it. Mm. So I went to school for business, and that was not for me. Yeah. And then I just was a stay-at-home mom until uh, I started in the school district. Wow. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. Um, so you mentioned your church. Tell us how you came to know Jesus. I grew up in California, and I moved into this perfect neighborhood and Mm -hmm. 
there was five of us, and I still talk to them once a week. Wow. Um, and one of them's mom had a, she just gathered us girls mm-hmm. and had a good news club. And it was in her garage, mm-hmm. and she just talked about Jesus, told us wonderful stories. She, they, Her and her husband were my model for what I wanted when I got married. Wow. They were just and she's nine. She just turned ninety years old. Mm-hmm. He has passed away, but mm-hmm. um, she would take us to the corner after these weekly Bible studies, and we would stand on the busy street and yell, "Jesus is the good news!" <laughs> so, and we called it the Good News Club. Yeah, and so that was the beginning. And I was probably six, maybe seven, mm. and then my mom and dad, they never went to church that I remember. I mean, I, I think they did earlier. Um, I went with neighbors mm-hmm. to a Nazarene church yeah. and loved it. I went, I think we went four times a week, Wednesday night, Sunday, twice, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we just did everything with church. And when I was 13, I was just sitting there and I stood up and accepted Jesus. And it was, I mean, it's just something that is, I can remember sitting there and I, every detail of it. So since 46 years I've been, which I feel like a new one half the time, but (laughs) I have so much more to learn, but um, it's the best decision ever. And my dad would, he was a doctor, you know, the scientific mind. Mm -hmm. And so I, my family, I'm from a divorced family. Mm -hmm. They divorced when I was nine. Uh, I was very close to my dad and he Remarried a wonderful. I loved my stepmom. Mm-hmm. They moved to San Francisco, then to Hawaii. So when I I would leave the dad, school, got out and spend the whole summer there. <clears throat> and then, in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Wow. <laughs> well, not the whole time, but for <laughs> yeah. three years, I got to spend yeah all summer in Hawaii. That's amazing. Um, and he, they would write me letters, the g- girls that I grew up with, and it would say like. Praise the Lord, Jesus lives on the envelopes, and he he would make so much fun of me. And this is one of the biggest testament. He was such not a believer, like yeah. totally make fun of me in a loving way. Yeah, and he became a Christian. Well, it's, there's so much more in between that, but he did become a Christian, and that was huge to me because, I mean, I would talk to him all the time about it, mm. and for him. He just made a total turnaround. He mm. was a bipolar medical doctor, which, I mean, it's hard for their minds. He was brilliant, and it mm. was hard for their minds to wrap around yeah. Jesus for some reason. Mm-hmm. And when he became a Christian, it was just like the my victory. <laughs> like, I was just yeah. like, if he can, if I can convince him, and I didn't do it, but yeah. he, then there's hope for everyone because— yeah. I mean, he wasn't terrible, but yeah. he just didn't believe. And he would ask me the hardest questions, and somehow God would give me the answers or to talk to him about it. Yeah. And so for the last, oh, probably, I don't know, seven years of his life, he was a wholehearted believer. And it was, and it, it happened in the Crystal Cathedral in California, which— Wow, that's yeah, gorgeous. It like, was, Yeah. <laughs> So that was huge, and then he passed away when I when he was fifty four, mm-hmm. um, and it was super hard. <laughs> yeah, we we sprinkled his ashes on his fifty fifth birthday. So, mm. wow, well, that's amazing. Like to see God change somebody's heart like that, and especially somebody that's close to you, because it's fun. It's yeah. so fun to see the transformation of what he was and who he became. Mm. I mean, he would make fun of me for tithing. And yeah. then I'm like, he, I'd see a check that he wrote for tithing, and I'm like, oh, Dad. You know, <laughs> just it was amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> mm, what a turnaround. That's awesome. So um, at some point you got married. I got and... married when I was 22. Okay. met my husband. I worked at, well, I moved here from California when I was 16. I, when I was 15, <clears throat> um, well, I was 15 and a half, so I, I wasn't able to work. But I went to the grocery store every day. Gerland's was where Party City uh-huh. is now. Yeah. And I begged that manager, as soon as I turned 16, can I please, because I just wanted, my phone bill was like $600 a month because mm-hmm. it was the long distance. Yeah. And I was, um, I said, just 
and he promised me that I, and so when I was 16, I started working at Gerland's, worked there for almost five years, met my husband when I was 22, and he was a stalker. He mm -hmm. walked in the door, and we dated for probably, I don't know, for five years. And he was a believer, but um, <clears throat> didn't, the mom that I was, the 90-year-old that I was talking about always yeah. told me, it's much easier to pull someone down than to pull someone or to lift someone up. Yeah. Meaning he wasn't as strong in his faith as I was, yeah. but he did believe. So I thought, it's okay. And it was okay. I mean, we had a wonderful marriage. We were married for 26 years. Mm. <clears throat> um, but he opened his own business, and he was never home. Like, never. I raised the kids. I mean, I drugged them to— I grew up in Calvary churches, mm -hmm. so that's what I was looking for out here. Poor guys, I dragged them to, like, a different church every Sunday for months. Wow. And then um, he—let's see. We we had two. We had Josh. He's 32. Then mm -hmm. I have Alex, who's 28. And he's like, I, I wanted four. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like, what? They don't make a third kind. We have a boy and a girl. We don't need another one. And <laughs> I, I mean, I seriously, I prayed and begged and prayed. And the poor guy, I cried, I begged. Yeah. And finally, he came home one day when Alex started kindergarten. He's like, it is awfully quiet. And he's like, do you want to get a job? I'm like, no, I want another baby. <laughs> <laughs> and so he finally agreed. And then we had Ben six years later. So wow. um, there was 10 years between Ben and Josh and six and a half between Alex and him. Oh, man. And uh, then he he worked a lot. I mean, he's, he built pools, mm -hmm. Dream Pools of Texas. And he um, was diagnosed. My Well, my son has a huge story, too. But Josh was... 21 and, and that's your my your oldest. oldest yeah uh called me into the garage and i said yeah. and i knew instantly i mean i knew i knew what he was going to tell me and i said he goes mom i have to talk to you but you can't tell that okay okay <laughs> he goes heather's pregnant and i mm. said i know and he goes how did you know and i said i the minute you said mom come in the garage i, I knew that's what it was and mm. So he was 21 and had my first grandchild and in August, August 26th, and Byron was diagnosed September 17th mm. with stage 4 liver uh, disease, mm. and he needed a transplant. And everything was okay. Um, we were doing everything we were supposed to do. He was on 22 pills a day. Wow. With no medication, he was supposed to have seven years I mean, yeah, with no medication, he could, his lifespan was supposed to be seven if he didn't do anything. Yeah. And then uh, March 18th, he had a seizure, and I woke up at like four, and I heard him, and he was just delusional. Like, he was in the restroom, couldn't talk, couldn't, I mean, I, he, I didn't know what was going on. Called the ambulance, and he never came home again. Uh, but he's, so he, ha no, I'm sorry, that's not right. He had the, he was, did that, we called the ambulance, went to the ICU, they incubated him, <clears throat> and then he had the seizure in ICU, mm -hmm. and they, uh, called me, I left, like, at one o'clock that morning to go get some clothes, and then I was back at f five, and he, in fact, Ben is who noticed his finger was, like, twitching, and it it was a massive seizure, and oh they told me he was not going to make it, and I didn't believe him. And um, they told so we. I never left. I mean, I somebody was with him twenty four hours a day. I took a lot of time off of work, but then I had you know my father in law would switch, and um, they said you know he's in a coma, he's not going to come out of it. There's no brain waves. I said, I don't believe that. You haven't done anything. I mean, they didn't They didn't test him. They, he yeah. was in a coma, but they didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I gathered his mom and dad, all the doctors, and I'm like, you're not doing... I, he wasn't on an incubator at the... Or the he, was, he was on the incubator, but yeah. he wasn't 
I wasn't giving him anything else. He could have yeah. been breathing on his own. They just did it for, yeah. I don't know why they did it. But it wasn't like I was prolonging his life. Right. <clears throat> and it was just the beginning. <laughs> so um, he, I remember we were, my kids and I spent the night on the, I mean, that before COVID, thank goodness. We yeah. slept on the floor in the icy room. I mean, yeah. we slept in chairs. We, we, nobody, there was always somebody with him. We prayed over him constantly as a family, his brother and his sister, my sister-in-law, my brother, just, you know, would gather around. And then I made him do a, the, what is it, EKG? The EEG. EEG. Yeah. And... I'll never forget the neurosurgeon coming in and apologizing to me and saying there was brain activity, mm. you know. And so I'm like, okay, thank you, you know, thank you for apologizing. Yeah. And then it was six weeks, six and a half weeks. He opened his eyes, and I, I mean, it was it was a miracle. He yeah. opened his eyes, but he couldn't really see anything yet. But then it was about three days later, he he could see us. Mm. He couldn't really talk. He couldn't walk. Um, and, and, you know, there's a whole bunch to that story, but it was seven months. He was in the hospital. And, oh, my gosh. Um, he was in a whole bunch of different hospitals. He was downtown Methodist. He was down, I mean, all over the place. And then on, we were in a rehab place up here, and I went out. No, his blood pressure went way down. So they took us over to the hospital and my daughter went back to get my suitcase, and the nurse told her, "You know your dad's gonna die." And I, and so that was the night. If his blood pressure didn't come back up, that was gonna be it. Mm-hmm. And um, it came back up. And in the midst of this, my mother-in-law was having super bad headaches. I go, "Mom, it's probably you know probably from the stress." And go get a massage or go get. Uh, something. Yeah. So she went to three doctors and they couldn't find, she went to a neurologist, an ENT and a regular doctor and they couldn't find anything. Yeah. And she finally called the neurosurgeon back and said, you have to, her head was just like pounding and it was brain cancer. And so, oh um, she died 42 days after my husband died. <laughs> um, oh. and she, it was miserable. So, but before that, my stepfather, who I was a wonderful human being, yeah. um, that was 15 years ago, was in the Senior Olympics, and my daughter and him were best friends. They did. She used to go, and my mom would go. We went to a couple, and but he, this one happened to be in Elgin, Texas, and mom. And my daughter were supposed to go, and he said, he called my mom, he said, you know what, this is an all-age, it's going to be kind of long, why don't you just work, and then I'll come home, and we can spend Sunday with, you know, we call her Mm Boo-Boo. And um, so she said, okay, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer. And Byron and I and Ben were supposed, and Josh were going to see Spider-Man at the Mm drive-ins, and I my mom called and I couldn't even understand her. Uh, she was, I mean, she was hysterical. So I thought he had been in a car accident on the way home from Austin or mm-hmm. Elgin. And um, long story short, he was, he shot uh, through the discus and, or in the shop hut. And he finished shooting and somebody, the next person went and it hit him in the back of the neck and broke his C2 and C3. And they life flighted him, and once again, no hope. He's not going to make it, you know. And he lived for nine days. But he, we, we stood there for nine days. Poor Ben missed. He was in kindergarten, and we he couldn't go into the ICU. Mm-hmm. And we stood around and put oil on his head, and he opened his eyes. He breathed on his own. Um, he did talk, which wasn't not what I wanted to hear. He um he said help me, but he my daughter's he squeezed her hand mm-hmm. and the doctors, you know, said, Oh, that's all uh, reflexes. Reflexes, yeah. And it wasn't reflexes because yeah. he only did it for my daughter. And um but then he had a blood clot and he passed away. And 
it was a 14-year-old boy who had thrown, and he came to the funeral, and it was another God thing because I told my mom, I said, that boy is 14 years old. He, yeah. You know, the referee gave him the okay, and he told his dad, he said, I'm never, I'm, I won't ever want to do this again, you know, and, but he came to the funeral and I missed him for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but he talked to my mom and, she, you know, he, uh, at least he was okay. I mean, I, yeah. you know, it was a horrible, horrible accident. Yeah. And, um, but he was a wonderful man, wonderful, wonderful mm. man. And he would not have, he probably wouldn't have been able to walk. And I know he wouldn't have, he was very active. But it was yeah. funny because months before that, I kept feeling, he, he worked in the special ed subbing in mm-hmm. different schools, retired from two jobs, and he was 73. And for, I just had this gnawing feeling that something, like, and for extra work, he f- painted or fixed people's, things around the house. So I kept envisioning him on a ladder and falling and mm-hmm. it would not leave. Like I had it for months. And yeah. so my d- daughter me- uh, made the tennis team and he said, I want to give her my tennis racket, you know, stop by. Yeah. And we saw him all the time. Yeah. We're very, we do everything with our family. And yeah. so we went over there and that was the last time we saw him was mm. the night he gave her the tennis racket. And, oh. but it was just, I just, I knew something was going to happen. And I don't, you know, maybe God, uh, God thing, but so. Mm. You have just gone through the loss (laughs) of four different people in your life that had a very profound impact. I mean, that, that alone shapes the way that you view the world and just how you go through life. But, um, when I met you, it was about a year and a half ago, and that was um, right after you had been through something that I can't imagine. Can you share about that? Um, I lost Ben um, in a horrific way. Um, he, um, it was a Saturday night, but Friday night... Uh, Tripp and I had decorated. We we um, make posters and hang streamers for everybody everybody's birthday. So, is that one of your your grandkids? My grand, my, yeah, my second. And mm-hmm. um, my daughter had begged us, please don't c- celebrate Ben's birthday because she had to go to Dallas for a, a work meeting. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, we'll we'll just have. And this was COVID time. Yeah. So his favorite place was Carabas, and mm-hmm. I said, we'll just get have Josh and Jess and the kids and get Carabas and have it at home. Mm-hmm. The year before, I cooked it, Carabas, and I said, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> We're going right. to order it. <laughs> and um, so I said, but you got to – it stresses me out to make – they're all very artistic except yeah. for mom. <laughs> and she, so she did the poster. Josh came over and did some of it. Mm-hmm. And um, so Tripp and I did all the balloons and the streamers and – Went to bed like at probably eleven thirty, and the next thing I know, it was three ten, and my daughter in law was touching my shoulder and saying, "Mom, you got to get up." And I said, "What's wrong?" And she said, "It's Ben. You got to get up now. Just get up and get, put some clothes on." So we drove down there, and he'd been shot in the head. And, um, I, when I got there, so, oh, my poor daughter, we had to call her and she drive by herself from, and they were best friends. They did, I mean, mm-hmm. they were inseparable. And, um, I walked in and... <sighs> I mean, I didn't, I still, been a year, it's been 17 months and it still doesn't feel real. Even seeing him, um, he was, you know, he was on a ventilator, um, but he just looked so peaceful and very, they hadn't done anything. There was a policeman outside his door and um, I just remember screaming and 
then a man coming in and like five minutes after I was able to see Ben, he came in and said some things and it didn't make any sense. And then um, he had, Ben had been shot in the foot three weeks before he was shot in the head. So he, somebody, he wore two cross necklaces. They were diamonds. And I used to tell him, please tuck one in so that nobody... I mean, somebody's going to try and grab him. Just yeah. tuck one of them in. Yeah. Well, no, Mom, that's why I got him. So he was very yeah. blingy. Um, yeah. And someone, he was doing things he should not have been doing. But when he got shot in the foot, someone tried to reach in and pull it off of his neck. And then they shot through the car. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was in a, you know, whatever, boot. And um, then that night, I don't know. So after that, it's kind of a blur. I mean, uh, Alex finally got in, and then I I just wouldn't believe that he was gone. And the doctor came in and said, you know, I'm sure there's no brain activity. And I said, well, I've heard that at least three times in my life. I don't—you're yeah. going to do something to make sure. And um, so it was, that was his birthday, and at 5.05— they told me that there was no brain activity. So, um, I don't remember right after that, but then for some reason I said, they didn't even know his name. They didn't have his name. They didn't, I don't know. They called Josh, my son. So I don't know. His phone is still at the police station Mm -hmm. because they can't unlock it. So I, I still don't understand that. I guess emergency contacts go right through. Um, but the, the cleaning lady pulled Josh over and told him this policeman is for your son. Don't let him tell you any, it was just, there's so many un, unknown parts to it. Right. Don't let him tell you anything different. He's here for your son. And when the policeman told us, well, I'm not here for your son. I'm here for before that. Um, the, the guy next door. So, but I, I knew Ben, when, when I took him to get his driver's license, the first thing he tried to do it on his permit was to be a donor. I mean, I'm a donor, and he just, that was very important to him. And so when I told the nurse that, I said, I'm 99% sure that he is an organ donor. And she said, well, I don't even have his name. So, um, And so, but it, it pulled up, and so he was able to donate his heart and his liver and kidneys, pancreas, and Everything but his lungs. And he, they were going to use at least one of the lungs, but um, because of the time in the hospital, they weren't able to use either one of them. Um, because my daughter's, her best friend has cystic fibrosis. And I thought, wouldn't that be wonderful? But yeah, they weren't usable after being on the vent. And like, it, it took like um, five days, I guess. Mm. So... Um, I don't really remember. I wrote, you know, after. Oh, that was that was a huge God thing, though, because my church family is beyond phenomenal, yeah. and so I guess I don't remember what day of the week was, but the they let me go even with COVID. They let me sit with him. It was supposed to be like four hours, but. I managed to squeeze in like eight every day yeah. <laughs> and they never, I got there and they just would let me stay. And, um, so I got to sit with him and then, um, the, whatever you call it, when they were coming to take the organs, yeah. um, it was supposed to be at nine o'clock that morning, something happened and it was going to be at 10 o'clock that night. And I was like, so my whole church family had set up a prayer time for uh, 10 o'clock that night. And I promise you, I was sitting with him, holding his hand, and it was very peaceful. I mean, I <clears throat> I just felt the prayers totally surrounding me. And then it got postponed again another 30 minutes. And in that 30 minutes, I was frantic, like... I, I could, because they had already prayed. Yeah. And so it, and then I texted it and said, it's, and then 
that total peace came back over me. And I know it was it was all the, the girls that I work with in the baby room. Yeah. And I have a huge group. And um, it was amazing to feel God's, basically his arms wrapped around me during that time because it was awful. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, they, and they, you know, so they, the doctor that the life gift people are mm-hmm. phenomenal. And um, he had a tattoo that said, sorry, mom, which him and Alex Scott, <laughs> and I never got to see it. And they were so excited about him. And they were trying to go together, and then he was impatient. And he's like, I'm going. And I never got to see his because yeah. he got – it was on his, like, foot, the side yeah. of his foot. And um, so the doctor unwrapped that cast for me and showed it to me. And then they took him and – um, within a week, they life gift tells you everybody that gets his organs, and, yeah. and so it was a forty-four-year-old man in Texas, a sixty-six-year-old man got his liver in Texas, a sixteen-year-old girl got his one kidney, and then a thirty-eight-year-old woman got his kidney and pancreas. In a different state, yeah. and then the corneas and the bone and all that it take it can take a couple years, <clears throat> mm. and so I didn't get that list. But so, you know, there's you have to go through life gift, and so I went. I mean, I prayed and prayed. I'm like, please, God, please let his heart person just heart and liver because his dad's liver. But yeah. um, so I wrote that letter like within a month, not not paying attention that you're supposed to wait a year, but um, I, I mailed a picture of Ben. I wrote a letter and um, and I didn't hear and I didn't hear. And I was like, then with COVID, I think, you know, it's like having another person to worry about. Like yeah. maybe he didn't make it because of COVID. And so, yeah. and then one day I was at my son's, on my way to his um, baseball game and Life Gift called and said, Kathy, I got a letter for you from the heart recipient and um she said she she said okay so you can respond but we don't we don't um advise giving emails or phone numbers i gave it all i gave me i gave email phone number i mean i prayed i'm like god you didn't let him answer for it to be weird i just yeah um and then his first email your poor husband i was in the room and i got it not it literally like took my breath away and Um, so he is a phenomenal human being, like, mm-hmm. um, him and his, his whole family. And he's 45 now, doing wonderful, um, came to our friends giving yeah. <laughs> and spent from two o'clock until 1230 that night, um, wow. being with Ben's friends to get to know him and mm-hmm. is so thankful and appreciative. And I thought, I'm so proud of Ben. He, that was, you know, all on his own. Yeah. Um, he, the man only had, like, a few hours left. He <clears throat> um, thought he had a cold, and it come to find out he had contracted, like, a viral infection. Yeah. He was perfectly healthy yeah. until then, and um, and he... Was he had two other hearts, and one the doc one, I don't know what the first one didn't work, but the second one the doctors said no, and he was like, yes, we want that one, and the doctors nixed it. Yeah, and then it was an hour later. Ben's he was they were right across the street, the hospitals from each other, mm-hmm. and so he got Ben's, <laughs> which um, I wrote him like I am. So excited and not excited is not the right word, but so many emotions along with it. But then we got to meet them, uh, I think it was four weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, for lunch. And, I mean, I was a nervous wreck because I didn't want to scare him off. But I bought yeah. a, a stethoscope, as you know, and yeah. he he was so grateful. I mean, he had no qualms. At the Friendsgiving, he undid his shirt and showed my mom the scar. Mm-hmm. Um told the same story over because there was so many people that came you yeah. know at different times and I said I'm so sorry and he's like I love this I I, I love it yeah so um so God has 
answered so you know that that was huge because there's still a piece of him yeah close by and mm-hmm. they live very close by yeah um and all the stories from that that people like one of Ben's friends good friends knew the recipient's son mm. through like social media oh, okay. and he texted her immediately after our lunch and said I just want you to tell Ben's family how thankful and he's a marine he's 22 um mm-hmm. and how much and and they just consider us family now like extended family so wow that was a huge god thing <laughs> that's amazing that's and wow. if anything i've learned for you know i've always been one you never know what someone's day has been mm-hmm. um but it was probably i didn't leave the house much at first um and my daughter's like, you c- come and eat. Come, let, let's go to Torchy's. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't go to Torchy's. I ate there with him the last time I went to Torchy's. And oh, gosh. So she finally talked me into it. And then we were sitting there. And I was. she was looking around. She goes, you know, you're right, Mom. You don't ever know what somebody's going through. I mean, <clears throat> I was dressed. I, you know, probably looked like death. But, <laughs> I mean, I was trying not to cry. I cried yeah. all the time. And I. I said, you can just smile at someone and make a truly a huge impact on someone's day. And that taught her so much, like, in that moment, because it was hard for me to go out. It's hard to laugh or smile because I feel guilty having, not fun, but feeling okay. It's a very, I yeah. went through it with my husband, too. It's like, you don't want to move on without them (laughs) um but god's working through that too and this new baby i mean it's huge cadence came right when byron was sick and she is the highlight Mm -hmm. of my life and then trip came three months after byron or three months before byron died and you know they both lived with me for years and now this new baby um, it's coming in January. <laughs> oh, gosh. So God is good there. That's all I ever wanted was, and I used to tell people, be careful what you pray for because I got Ben and yeah. then I had grandbabies like dropping on me like flies. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I mean, they, literally, babies falling out of the sky. So yeah. mm. he does answer prayer. <laughs> wow. Um, I think that what you were saying about feeling like, you know, you... I guess kind of like a resuming normal life feels like a betrayal almost. It does. And grief, which your father-in-law is, that podcast was heaven. I listened to all of them. Um, My daughter and I grieve totally different. Um, I mean, she has a beautiful story. And in in my husband's death and her, she was 19. no, 17, when she got pregnant, a senior in high school, mm. and wanted no part of it. I mean, she never thought about doing away, but yeah, she, she did talk about adoption, and she looked at Byron, and, I, and Byron looked at me, and he goes, I know. I mean, there was no way I would have been yeah. the one. And um, trip was 10 days late, and literally Byron and Alex and I were standing in our kitchen on her due date, just sobbing, all three of us. She, I mean, she was scared to death. Yeah. And... Then so God kept him in there ten days. In that ten days, she had this calmingness, and then when he was three months old, she changed her entire life, like mm. totally surrendered to God. And he's been her saving grace, you yeah. know. And she has another story, but yeah. um, and in that in the there's so much like my nephew, my oldest nephew, two and a half years ago was in a terrible accident he fell three stories onto the concrete in san diego mm. and they he had a one percent chance of su- surviving my brother called me at four in the morning i got down on my knees and i have n- never had a vision ever in my life but i mean it was it was on my knees and all i could see was god in cody's bed Sitting there with his arms, God was behind him, or Jesus was behind him, and his arms wrapped around him. And I knew at that moment, and I had it all day long. It kept just popping in my head. 
and he is a walking miracle. He, wow. I mean, he still has some issues, um, mm-hmm. but he's walking. He drove the other day. Um, yeah. That might do my sister-in-law in, but <laughs> <laughs> um, he is, I mean, for him to give me that, it was it was horrific, and mm-hmm. his, we don't know exactly what happened. That was kind of foul play, too, but... Mm. San Diego just said, this happens all the time. I'm like, well, not to my nephew, it doesn't. I mean, yeah. like, um, but so that was a huge, huge thing. Mm. How he has, and he's working in Cody's heart. He's an ex-Marine, you know, so it's hard. And he, but he's back in school now. He just signed up for 12 hours of college. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. So... You have to you if I didn't have Jesus in my life, I, I would have been a goner a long time ago. I mean, my dad I was only twenty seven when he died and mm. or no, twenty eight. And that was hard. Was, there's no way I could have gotten through Byron and and Ben with with without thinking that I would see them again someday. Yeah. And I've read every book on heaven known to man because Ben used to say, I mean, Ben, he was able, he loved little kids. He was a heart, had a heart of gold, but he just was involved in some things he shouldn't have been. And I would leave um, Bible verses all, my bathroom was, it was like wallpapered. And he's like, mom, really? I'm like, I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> and so then I started texting him because I ran out of room. And then about a month before this happened, he said, he came home from the beach, and he goes, Mom, life's going to be different. And so that's another thing I want to tell people. The, the little things, like those Bible verses, and like my older son would get mad. Quit, te- quit texting me these. I don't believe it. You've been through so much, and how can God do that to somebody that loves you? And I'm like, this life is not our forever life. But Ben used to say, I don't want to float around in heaven and sing to Jesus all day long. <laughs> and I'm like, I go, well, that does sound kind of boring. But when you're up there, and so I've read every book on heaven I can possibly find. You know, like heaven is real. Or no, Randy Elkhorn's that yeah. one. And so I just feel very comforted knowing he's with his dad. Yeah. Playing baseball. And yeah. In in very peaceful now. It, it's us that is. I mean, they're they're in paradise, and it's the ones left behind that it's hard for. Right. <clears throat> so, I don't know how people do it without Jesus. Um. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an important thought. Is that you know this life is just kind of a a blip. You know, it's it's short, and it making is, the most of it is. But so my important. prayer now is for Jesus to come back every day. Not, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I'm tired of worrying about people. <laughs> like my grandkids, yeah. this world is so nuts. I think, and now I'm worried about Jason, the the, the heart recipient. I'm like, yeah. I, it's one more person, and I shouldn't worry, but yeah. it's somebody else. You know, I think, what if he gets COVID, or what if you know? Yeah. And I don't know, but it's God's plan, and I tell my oldest all the time we are not here we're here for jesus we're here to spread the good news and you're gonna get it before i die (laughs) and he he received christ when he was in second grade but Mm -hmm. has been through the mill and um has really hard questions that i am not knowledgeable enough to answer and but He's getting it. Like, he, he'll text me, Mom, please pray for this. Well, if you don't really believe that, why do you want me to pray for you? You know, yeah. pray for you. I do believe. And I'm like, okay. So. Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah. So how do you feel like all this this loss that you've been through, um, do, you, do you feel like it's impacted the way that you relate to God or that you view God? Uh, not the way I, well... When my when Chance died, my stepdad, I was angry because mm-hmm. I felt like he was going to be okay, and I was angry at God for about three months. I didn't, I wouldn't touch my Bible, I I wouldn't talk to him, and I, yeah. I would yell at him. And I'm like, really, he knows my heart. He knows everything I'm thinking. Yeah. But it that was hard. More, I was closer to God when I mean, you know, in a better, 
like my devotionals and my relationship more time, I guess, than when my I was 22 when with my dad. Mm-hmm. So I like my comfort is reading the Bible. When my daughter was on her mission trip, he gave me a verse every day. Like I was missed them so bad because they lived with me and they were mm-hmm. gone for a year and my grandson was with her. Um, but he was so faithful in giving me a Bible verse every morning. I read a lot more. Um, although I'm so tired these days that when I'm reading, I usually fall asleep. Um, but I, my Bible studies, it it just seems to be written for me. And no matter what study I'm doing, he speaks to me through that. And I mean, I, maybe I'm paying closer attention now, but I just feel closer than I've ever felt to him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not angry at him at all. Yeah. I mean, I have questions that I wish he would just verbally answer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, you know, and I just read something, you know, grief brings you closer, but I don't want I don't want that for other people. Like grief, there's other ways to get close to him. Yeah. Um I just dive into the word as much as I can. And yeah. it's not enough still, but it truly is like he's speaking to me. And I used to I used to have a really hard time reading the Bible because it was just, you know, please put it. I brought the message, but I didn't like it because I didn't yeah. feel like it was worded right. Yeah. Um, but just talking layman terms that I can understand. I used to mm-hmm. tell him that all the time. And now he's giving that to me. Yeah. Um, so I would say closer, but I, I don't. I don't relate to him different. I mean, I call on him all the time because yeah. I have days where I don't want to get out of bed. Um, yeah, it's been seventeen months, and I it still doesn't actually seem real. Like I watch so many videos of Ben, and um, my tattoo is his voice and his laugh and his heartbeat. And I, you know, I listen. People think I'm crazy, but I listen to it at least five times a day. So it's like he's, tell tell me about that. Um, so. I got this tattoo. I never, I, I mean, my kids are tatted from head to toe. Yeah. Um, and he begged me to get one. Before he, he would always say, Mom, go with me. Get a tattoo. And I'm like, I'm old. I'm not going to go get a tattoo. Yeah. But my oldest son said, Mom, you, you can get ashes put in there. And I was like, no. Um, this tattoo, so this, and it's big. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have to be that big, but I wanted all three. Yeah. This part right here is his. He says, love y'all. Mm. And then he had the best laugh in the whole world. So this is his laugh. And then the end is his heartbeat. Mm. And so I just hold my phone over it and I can hear it. I you go hold, to, your phone is able to read your tattoo? Yeah. It's amazing. And I... Uh, that is cool. I've yeah. never heard of that before. <laughs> yep. So, I, and I re- researched it and this lady had her dog barking. And I'm like, okay, I don't feel so weird if I'm getting my son dog barking. Okay. (laughs) Wow. So, um, and I had to go to San Antonio for it, and the guy could not. I went to a couple in Houston. One was called, like, something prison break. And I'm like, um, I walked in. I'm like, he goes, oh, I could try to do it. I'm like, no, thank you. This is something that's going to be on me forever. Yeah. And I ended up having to go to San Antonio, but he was the kindest, you know, he was wonderful, and mm-hmm. I, I, if I, I mean, I'm not going to get any. I, yeah. I got this one first, which was his signature, but those are the only two I have. So yeah, and I would have, I would have, I mean, I wouldn't trade this for anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a, that's that's really cool, like tribute, though. That's yeah, and something that he would think is cool, right? That's that was one thing he would just been, and Josh and Alex both said, "Mom, he would be so proud of you." <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe because I am old. And the, but the worst part was healing because I the first Friendsgiving we had, I wanted to be able to share that with them. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't working. Then my son-in-law was like, Mom, I, I don't know how to break this to you, but the reviews are just not very good. He, he goes, I'm not sure it's going to work. I'm, <laughs> Alex said yeah. she never prayed so hard. And yeah. then they went somewhere on a Sunday and or the weekend and so I was dying I just you know it was all healed and I wanted to hear it but I didn't want to hear it by myself yeah so they got home and it it worked beautifully and it has worked ever since and you oh. paid nine ninety nine a year to renew the oh my gosh. app or whatever 
And um, so this Friendsgiving, I had the urn finally and this, and I was able to share it with all of them. And that's another thing. Oh, okay. There's more, there's way more God things in there. Like yeah. one of his best friends, Alex, right after it happened in the first week, um, I, I got a, I went to bed and I got up like at 1230 and I was just sobbing. I mean, I, I couldn't help it. And yeah. she walked in my room and I started looking through pictures and she walked in scared the life out of me. <laughs> she said, yeah. Mom. So I went in her room, and we were just both, like, boohooing on the bed. Yeah. And I said, I can't do it. Boo-boo, I can't do it. And her phone beeped, and this was, like, at 1235 at night, and it was one of his best friends who had just accepted Jesus and mm-hmm. asked her to baptize him. So I, And I looked at her, and I said, you know, I always said if one good thing comes from this, it'll be worth it. I said, that's not true. It's not, it, it doesn't yeah. make it any better. I'm thrilled for that person, mm, but it yeah. doesn't take the hurt away. But yeah. knowing that the impact of Ben's death caused him to believe in Jesus is huge. And and it's happening. And it's, yeah. you know, that's why um, we had to wait a year for his memorial because I refused to have a mask on my face and only yeah. a certain amount of people. And we had a year, we had it a year almost to the day later, yeah. <clears throat> he had over 100 people there, and mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Then they all came back to the house, and then we had another Friendsgiving this year with, uh, it was over 40 people. I lost count, and that was not counting our family, which is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were there from, it started at 2. One of them got there at like 12.10 because he had to go to work, and he's like, I just wanted to be with you guys for as long as I could, and I'm like, yeah. well, come on in. Thank goodness I was dressed. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. and then the heart recipient was able to come and share with all his friends. And yeah. th- I don't know. it. That's another thing I would tell people. Like, I'm so mad at myself for not, not having those while Ben was alive. Like, why did I, why do you wait until the person's gone I mean, it's a celebration of life, and it's one of Alex's favorite days now because it's stories of Ben, and we played the video um, just honoring him. But he would have loved it if I had done yeah. that while he was part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So don't take any day for granted. Like, yeah. you, you just never know. Mm. Yeah. You never know. You never know. You know make, the, make the most of it and... Um, and make those moments matter. And I think that that's, you know, that's amazing that you've done this thing, though, because there's a lot of people that I know that have been through really hard stuff, and they don't always think that revisiting the friends is a good idea or being around them or hosting a giant event. (laughs) His friends have been, I I can't even explain. And they're... (laughs) He had a very variety of friends, like, right. um, in his, I don't know what to call her anymore. I love her and her, it was his girlfriend mm-hmm. and they were not, they were not together, but they were friends. Yeah. But it had only been like a month that they weren't together. So right. I just call her his girlfriend. Um, she, her most of all has been like, she calls me or texts me at least every other day comes and sees me if she can't do it once a week it's no more than two weeks and just spends the evening with me um his friends like one two sundays or two sundays before the friendsgiving brought me flowers and stayed and visited on a sunday on his way to work and he was there for like three hours just sitting Yeah. yeah and they have been phenomenal and that's another part of my grieving i don't like to be alone yeah. I like people around or I like noise. Um, and I love that they come around. And some people don't, you know, some people aren't like that. It, yeah. I mean, it does, it makes me sad, but it, a happy sad. It's like they loved him so much, they miss him, and they want to be around us because it makes them feel like they're around him. Um, for a while, right after it happened, it was constant. I was, like, exhausted. And my daughter was yeah. like, and, and that's another thing. I want to be around... I haven't, I, I, his room is exactly the same Mm -hmm. in the game room. I can't do anything with it, which 
my daughter, it's hard on my daughter. And it, I just learned that it was hard on my son, but then he ended up loving it. And I said, you know, one of the people that came, she hadn't, we played games, like we played fishbowl. Yeah. <laughs> and mostly think a, a subject, a thing, and a place, I think, or a, a person, place, and thing. And I had, I was terrible last year when we played. I couldn't do it in one word, and so they were all making fun of me. We played at least six rounds of that game, and this one girl who, she goes, I, I wasn't sure I was going to come. I drove around three times, but I hear your stories from Alex, and I just wanted to be with you guys. Well, she and she stayed until one thirty, and she said she had never played a game. Like, I never played a game with... So I'm like, yeah. just doing that for that one person is... You know, anybody can cook a meal. Not, yeah. Um, I mean, they all br- like my family brought stuff, and mm-hmm. we had turkey and ham. And a lot of these kids don't get Thanksgiving dinner, so yeah. I will do it as long as I'm able to cook. <laughs> Sounds like you've uh, you've picked up a few extra kids along yeah. the way. <laughs> That's awesome, though. That's so, what what a what a blessing to come. Even I mean, even if it you know came through that way, I mean, that's. That's beautiful. And I think that this, you know, hearing about or getting to know the heart recipient is yeah. so powerful. And, like, I mean, some people never get that opportunity oh, to I've, be able to I'm, hear his, the heart. That's, his family is so – his wife is like, please, just – I we they wanted to meet, like, right away and yeah. thought that we didn't want to meet. Yeah. And um, that was all through the life gift <laughs> Life thing. gift is like, you guys need to slow your roll. <laughs> We're going to give you guys so, a little distance. And then they had never seen a picture of Ben. And I mailed a picture with my card because you mail it to life gift. And yeah. so when he, when we met for lunch, I had given, my brother-in-law did this beautiful mural. I mean, it's beautiful. And so mm-hmm. I had it shrunk down and gave, that's what I handed out at the memorial and I brought him one with all his, it had like, he, my, Ben ate at Whataburger like 15 times a day. Yeah. And he would have brought every homeless person home known to man. Yeah. So that's all in the mural. And, and Jason was like, oh, I, we've never seen him. And I'm like, I sent a picture and I guess they didn't send it with him. But. Oh, maybe they, you know. Well, kind he, of, they gave know. me his picture. Like oh. his, he had sent me a beautiful family picture. And I mean, his letter, it was, it is, it is beyond overwhelming that they are so grateful and loving it just you know if i had never heard it would have been hard it yeah. would have, so that was a huge answered prayer so what is something that you wish that maybe like friends and family um maybe they did or that you would hope that they would do for somebody that was going through a loss like yours i mean how would you want people to respond in that situation? Yes, I have thought about. It. I, you know, didn't sleep for days afterwards, and and people, like, I remember one friend being over there, and and I, I was sitting on the couch, and I guess I, my eyes were like so heavy, and she's yeah. like, "Kath, just I will sit here. Just close your eyes, just close your eyes if you can," and it was huge because I couldn't do it when I was by myself. Yeah. And so I maybe did it for 15 minutes. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get to the point where you're just, like, exhausted. And mm-hmm. just don't, like, I would tell people, and you have to feel them out. Like, I want to hear Ben's name. I want to hear stories about him. When when it first happened, his friend sent me, I mean, I, my phone is, I think I have 5,400 pictures and probably... 5,000 of them are been <laughs> and <laughs> videos that, that they had and I put into the slideshow. Come and visit and sit. You don't have to talk. Yeah. Wait until the person wants to talk. Sometimes nothing is better, just the comfort of, but like I said, that's my greeting. A friend sent me the story of the orange cup and it was me to the T and it was a husband that had passed away in his toothbrush cup that he, you know, used he had been gone for five years and that she still had that cup there. Yeah. Because I used to tell my, my sister-in-law is my best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I'm going crazy because I cannot get rid of any of this stuff. I cannot do it. I tr- mm-hmm. Like I was trying to move something and I cannot do it. So another friend sent me this orange cup and she said, Kath, 
when you're ready, you'll be able to do it. Yeah. And the story is about when she finally put away the orange cup and it was five years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't, the worst thing, like, uh, and I did have people say, you know, you need a grief group. Oh, well, that's not me. I, I don't, I, I mean, I could yeah. go, but I wouldn't talk. I mean, I might talk, but I, I just, I have, I would rather talk to my friends and my people from my church people mm-hmm. than a group of, I don't know. And I am going to join Mothers of Murdered Children, but I just don't have the energy right this moment. But I, that is something yeah. I'm going to do because I will not give up until I find out what happened to him. Um mm. Yeah, that's that, a that's a part that we didn't even get into, right. but um, I'm sure that adds another yes, layer I, to everything. I have people working on it, but I can't afford to do that forever. So I thought maybe if I joined this group, they would have some, you know, um, some helpful hints. I don't, I don't know, but wow. I promised him I will try until I die to find out what happened because they they are doing nothing. So mm-hmm. um, the best advice is just. If you care, you'll be there. Like, if you truly love someone, my like, for the memorial, I simply said, if I could afford it, I would, I would serve everyone his favorite dish, carabas. Mm-hmm. So my friend from church, do you have the recipe? I go, yes, I made it last year. But I go, you can. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to be there. She was giving me the recipe. She made, she she didn't. It was Polo Rosa Maria and. You know, it's a, like a chicken breast, and it's it, that's all we all of us ordered the same thing. We never even looked at the menu. She made it into a casserole for a hundred people, and it tasted just like it. And that's what we served at the memorial. And it was, mm. um, I mean, just little things like that. Just uh, I can't even put it into words because it was so overwhelming. How much we had we had meals for a month and a half. Yeah, um, just. But the main thing is talking and praying and knowing. I mean, I knew without a shadow of doubt these these women were praying and men were praying for me because I could feel Jesus' arms wrapped around me. Yeah. I, d- I truly don't know how I wouldn't have gotten through the night that they took his organs without them praying. And right. when I say I could feel it, I truly could feel his arms around me. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was... That was horrible knowing they were going to wheel him away, and uh, that was it. Yeah. And usually, if it hadn't been COVID, they do a um, – I forgot what they called it. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Are they, like, have yeah. the staff yeah. and people that are – But they, because of yeah. COVID, they couldn't do it. Oh, which, gosh. Uh, I don't know that I want everybody out there clapping anyways. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so – but some sort of yeah recognition. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Well, but, Kathy, I I just really appreciate you being so vulnerable. Um, I know you were very concerned about sharing <laughs> and being very emotional. I'm pretty sure that I've cried <laughs> at least, if not more, than you tonight. But um, I just I I can't imagine. And um, but I know that there are people who have been through losses similar and um and that are hurting in similar ways and i just pray that they're the words that you've spoken and the ways that you've just shared. Tell them, don't give don't lose hope because my hope is the day i get to see them again um yeah. it will be i mean this will all seem like nothing yeah. and that's what we have to keep in our in our hearts and in our minds mm. that this is just a blink of an eye, even though it seems like forever. Yeah. Um, we have eternity mm-hmm. to spend with Jesus and our loved ones. And it's, and it's been, it seems like it's your your mission, just sharing the gospel and showing God's love to people and bringing as many people along to that <laughs> party in the future, you know? You know, I, I thought about that the other day. and like, he keeps saying he wants everybody to go heaven. I'm like, okay, well, people are going to keep having babies. Yeah. And, and uh, like, I, you know, it's been thousands <laughs> of years. I'm get on with it. Yeah. And I do find myself, you know, like, okay, enough is enough. But then I think that's so unfair because everybody deserves to have the chance to be in heaven. Like, mm-hmm. 
the kids I work with. I cannot wait to get to heaven to see those kids that I have worked with. Yeah. To be in perfect bodies. Like, yeah. you know, that that is just... I'm talking about the students that you've worked with in right, the school. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, what a joy that will be to see them walking and talking and... and finally able to, to hear yes. and to see and all these things. Yeah. Oh, man. That would be... That's an amazing thought. I was pretty much a mess for most of this interview. Kathy has been through so much, and yet she remains faithful to God. She takes comfort in knowing that for believers in Jesus Christ, we will see one another again. And I am so thankful for that. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoy the Faithful Podcast, please take a few moments and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and review. Reviews help people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. And while you're there, go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. You can find me on faithfulpodcast.podbean.com or on Instagram at faithfulpodcast. Have a great week and remember to stay faithful, friends.